This is Take a Cue, episode 25. One, two, three, four. Welcome to season two of Take a Cue. I'm Eric Dunno, 8th grade band and jazz band director, and together with Jen Wise, 4th and 5th grade instrumental music teacher, we're two veteran educators with over 35 years of experience teaching music in New Jersey public schools between the two of us, and we're excited to bring teaching experiences and insights to you. Whether you're just starting out in your teaching career or you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music education and teaching. We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you listen. Before we begin, if you enjoy our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things. First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then make sure you rate the podcast and leave a review as it helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate it. If you find that you get a lot out of our episodes, we'd be grateful if you considered becoming a monthly supporter to help us grow the podcast. You can sign up to make a secure monthly payment using the link in our show notes or on our Spotify for Podcasters site, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash take a cue. Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear in the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We're Take a Q Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. All right, listeners, we have a really fun episode today. It's our first ever live episode, and uh, we were really excited and honored to be asked to speak at the College of New Jersey to their National Association for Music Education. Um collegiate chapter. We had a a blast talking with some of their music education majors about our work-life balance. Now, um, when Jen and I were asked about this, we kind of chuckled because we thought, wait, they're asking us to talk about work-life balance, but we hope that they and you will find some of our insights useful and valuable and maybe learn from some of the the mistakes along the way or the lessons we've learned, Um, and hopefully this will be a great episode for you to listen to. So without any further ado, we're going to cut in after our introductions, and you can hear a little bit about our thoughts on work-life balance. So we thought we'd like be we're curious to know about you guys. What do you like to do outside of like music and teaching? Um, what, what do you what do you all do? Are you like wait, is there anything outside of music <laughs> yeah. and teaching? That was a funny that was a funny term. I know. Well, I agree because like I said, I I mean I'm looking I for new hobbies. I graduated high school in 2003, college in 2008. I got on a bike in like 2013. That was the first time I really really branched out. Like I tried swimming. I tried going to the gym. I tried you know, this and that for, for health and like, you know, wearing that perfect wedding dress. Like you all, you, you, you get there eventually. You want to find that, that healthy thing that works for you. But um, no, it took me that long to find something I was passionate about besides music. And that's about the time that like the real burnout from teaching set in. So like I said, started 2008, it's about five years in. Um, and uh, we had a really awesome summer music program going in, in Ringwood, and that was cool, but that was half my summer, so I didn't get that, you know, real downtime. Um, and yeah, so so uh, it took me a while to find that hobby. So what do you all enjoy? What do you like to do outside of music? Anything? Is there anything outside of music when you're in? What do you like to do? Um, I personally read, uh, play video games. Nice. I have the time, but lately it's not much time. Um, 
do you get, do you find that like when you're kind of like stressed about like school like classes or, or uh, tests coming up or essays or whatever like that's kind of like your release? Um, yeah, I would think so. It's also more of just like, especially in the summer, I just like to turn my brain off mm -hmm. and don't think about music. I don't sing at all because I just know that like I just need that break. Yeah. Um, and that's it's a really great way for me to reset. I wish I had known that Uh Yeah. I worked a lot harder in the summers than I did in school, I felt like. and But it was kind of to escape, you know, like all the music stuff and then, but kind of to just make a little money. I, I was, I did promotions for Dunkin' Donuts um, for one <laughs> summer and they had me traveling over the East Coast. Like, did you dress up in the cup? Were you like oh, Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, this was the summer that they came out with the smoothies. I was oh, the smoothie. smoothie cup. I was the smoothie. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I did mascot basketball, guys. Um, I, um, I was the director of sales for the Litchfield Jazz Festival during college for two years, and that was a whole adventure that wasn't teaching. Um, and that was that was really, that was a cool thing to get involved in, because I saw what the music business side of things could be, and I was like, okay, I like this world, but I, I still need to teach, you know, I, I was really, you know, still drawn to that, but yeah, um, I get it, the summers are, are important, so. What else? What do you guys like to do? Reading, you know, yeah. I like a lot, like just a bunch of different things like making bracelets. I, when I have time, sometimes I do some embroidery. Um, really, just anything to keep my hands busy. Yeah. yeah. And like I'll put on a movie and like work on it. Nice. <laughs> what else? What do you guys like to do? I know it's weird when you're like in school. It's just everything is. I know everything is school. Um, anything else? What do you enjoy? Um, I don't know if this is like a hobby, but I like going to the movies. Nice. Um, and like in my, I'm from South Jersey, and I'm from like a smallish town. Um, so like the movie theaters, especially like during the daytime, they're like empty because like you can watch movies illegally now. Like you don't need to go to the theater. Yes. But like I like the experience of like going to the movies and like eating the popcorn and like just being there. Like I don't know. That's nice. cool. I like that. Yeah. I think it's important yeah. to like kind of find, you know, I don't know. I, I, is anybody here like worried? Like I know you're just like you're you're not even out teaching like full time yet. But are you worried about like burnout? Is that something that you've you've heard about and like you're you're, you're concerned with? Have you known any known any teachers who were burned out? Had any teachers who were burned out? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, avoiding burnout is is. Uh, is, is important. I, uh, I ended up dissolving my private studio when I started feeling the burnout. Me that too. was the first thing to go for yeah. me because I love that time. I love that one-on-one -on -one time with students and I thought that was fulfilling and then I realized how little I was making and then all of a sudden I started getting grumpy about teaching all day and then teaching another three or four hours in the yeah. evening. And I was like, oh, okay. So I ended up dissolving my, you know, my private studio and then when my last student went, went away to college, I was like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm not taking anybody else, and and that that kind of did did take the edge off a little bit for a while, um, and uh, yeah. But I think one of the things that, and I, was, I, I wish I could say I came up with this quote, but some, I heard somebody say, we're in a profession of all first chair players or singers. And like, you know, people, you know, we're, it's not really in our, in our, uh, in our, like, being to not work for like perfection or notoriety or greatness. 
you know, I mean, at least that's how I felt, like, coming out of school, like, I, you know, I remember talking to Tom, your husband, who's yeah. also band director, and he was talking about how, like, when he got out of school, he wanted to make a name for himself. Yeah, he wanted to build this, like, huge dynasty jazz program and just have all these kids going, you know, all over the place playing, you know, jazz, and, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, about 10 years into teaching, it was like, yeah, don't need that. I just need kids to make great music and love music, you know? But um, I think that's one of the things that causes sometimes people to have that imbalance and feel that kind of burned out feeling or whatever because they've just dedicated every ounce of their being, right, into, yeah. into, their, into their job. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that if you like it. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, at least for me, over time, it is definitely something that I need to keep in check. Um, I, I in the fall, like I know my family started to just get used to it. Like, okay, we'll see you after Thanksgiving. Bye. Go have march. You know, go go do the marching band thing, and you know, we'll see you. We'll see you then. Um, but that started to like, you know, weigh on the family a little bit, and it's like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but um, you know, uh, it's it for me. It's like. I see this in the notes a little bit. It was kind of seasonal. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. certain seasons I, I get like really amped up and really excited to be, you know, be going. And then other seasons it was like, this is too much. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's times of the year, right? I mean, if you're in the fall, like and you do marching band or something like that, that's going to take up a ton of time. Um, but then you get to the winter and you're like, okay, marching band's kind of done. Maybe, you know, jazz band. We're coming at this from an instrumental point of view, but you could say the same thing for like show choir or, you know, uh, extracurricular uh, courses yeah, as well, you yeah. know, string groups, extracurricular string groups. But like winter, I don't know, for me, it's like, okay, marching band's done. Uh -huh. Yes, we have the concert coming up, but okay, but now it's a little more time with family. Yeah. Um, and then spring, there's musicals, concerts, festivals. Spring is crazy. Teaching, uh, but yeah, we talked a little bit about summer. Uh, we did. Yeah, yeah. And you had talked a lot. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Riley. Riley. Riley had talked about like you know taking a break from the from the music and, and stuff in the summer, and I didn't used to do that. Uh, you didn't used to. Do, yeah, we still don't do that. I still don't do that. No, no. I think no. it's really important. Like five or six years ago, yeah. I finally said, "All right, I'm not going to teach private over the summer. Right. I'm not going to go and do and you know do all this extra you know music music camper stuff. I'm really going to take a step back and work. You know, just spend time with my family or yeah. you know my hobbies or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever I wanted to do. And I think that was really important because kind of resets. Kind of resets you for the year. I mean, at least for me. And I, everybody's different. People just may love to dive in twelve months a year into teaching and yeah. music, and that's awesome. But I can't, like, yeah, especially now. Yeah, I um, uh, AAA, um, awareness, ex acknowledge, acceptance. I've never heard of this. Okay, so <laughs> for me, through this whole like you know teaching journey, I'm 16 years in now, right? Um, uh, you know some of the pillars of like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, like. I'm, I'm, are like you um, acknowledge the things you you know can't change, and, and it's all about like awareness, right? So for me, the awareness of um, really how I'm feeling about a certain uh, project I'm working on or something going on within my family, oh, just being aware of it, acknowledging like how I'm feeling about it, and then kind of accepting 
what's gonna come next, mm -hmm. right? So for this whole work-life balance thing, if you're looking at, like, take a second right now, kind of think of something in your, in your either your current school situation, your current home life situation, family, friends, something that's causing you a little bit of discomfort right now. It could be something as immediate as a uh, jury coming up or a performance or, um, or uh, you know, something you're on the phone with, with your mom and you're like, bah, 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 you need money again, something like that. Um, and just like uh, acknowledge it. Be like, okay, this thing is happening. This thing is happening right now. Um, you're, and like, so you're aware of it, you've acknowledged that it's happening and you're accepting that it's making you uncomfortable. And from that point, I think is where we kind of grow in our work-life balance. So when you when you kind of can find that place where you say like, okay, this this thing is is happening. I am involved. I have some control in this situation. That's where you feel empowered to start saying no. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh, say, we've got a whole section we, on no. We have a we, we have a whole right. section on saying, is that okay if we we, we move there? Now? Sure, we can jump there. We sure. can jump, I mean, we can jump back a little bit too, but um, uh, because saying no is a really hard thing. Did anybody get really bad at saying no to stuff? Like when somebody's like, hey, can you, can, can you play this musical for me? Or can you do this thing? Or like sing in this group? Or yeah. you know, play? Yeah, I saw some heads nodding. Yeah. And, um, I'm still bad at saying no to stuff. Oh, I am too. I'm terrible at it. Because I get excited about doing stuff. I get excited about doing stuff. And then like I have to sit back and say like, okay, I, is, is this like, is this really going to work for me? Is it going to work for my family? Is it going to work, right. you know, for, for what's going on, you know, going on everywhere? Um, but I feel like the that acceptance part, right? And that's the this is an alcoholic anonymous too is accepting the things you can't change, right? And when you when you start to accept that there are um, things out of your control that are like stressing you out like crazy, <laughs> that's when that's the place where you can kind of empower yourself to start saying no and like like take a little bit of control over the things you know going on um, in in. Your life. Do you have anything you've kind of said no to? That oh my gosh! Oh, I had a whole list on here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I used to do. Uh, where is it? Okay, yeah. So at the craziest time in my life, I just, I just had my first child. Um, she was a baby, and uh, my wife is a teacher, but not a musician, but not a music teacher. She sings. It's a lovely voice, but she's not like a music musician by trade. Um, but anyway, so at that point, I was doing two marching band assistant positions, multiple stipend groups, middle school and high school jazz bands, private lessons, New Jersey Wind Symphony, and full-time teaching at the same time. And I just had like shadow first kid right. at that time. So that, that for me was like the turning point of like, how do I make this work? Because yeah. this was, it wasn't working. Right. I mean, I loved doing all this stuff. That's yeah. the thing about like saying no is you have to say no to something that you might really enjoy doing. Um, you know, it's about those priorities. So anyway, I stopped doing the stipend uh, high school jazz band yeah. at Livingston. As, although it was like I taught middle school all day, and you were in my high school jazz band. Um, I taught middle school all day, and it was really exciting to go up to the high school and be like, "Oh, kids can read music up here. Uh, yeah. We can do some more fun stuff." I totally get that. Yeah, but you know, it was a lot of time. Uh, I stopped teaching private lessons. As much as I love teaching private lessons, it was be like teach, teach, teach. Mm -hmm. Come home, go to the basement, have two you know hour long lessons. Mm -hmm. Come upstairs, yeah. you know. There's there's Cindy with you know one kid under her arm, another kid running around. She's making dinner, and I'm like, hey, dinner, great. All right, good night, kids. See you. All right, you know, time to go to sleep myself and do yeah, it again the next that's day. It, right. 
it was like too much. Yeah. So, you know, no more private lessons. It was great when I started out teaching because there was more time. Right. You know, there were, I didn't have kids around, you know, I wasn't married, so I had time to go out and right. do those private lessons. But at a certain point, it kind of just got a little too much. Yeah. Uh, I stopped doing New Jersey Wind Symphony. I play more musicals now. New Jersey Wind, and Wind Symphony is like a big concert band up in, um, for, you know, yeah, and Jen and I both played that in it at different times. Yeah. Um, but yeah. When I like when I got pregnant with my son, a three-year-old, he's three. He loves Elmo. Elmo is three. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and uh, when I got pregnant with my son, I was uh, band chair for North Jersey. I was in New Jersey Wind Symphony. I was in my second year in uh, Livingston. Um, you were doing the marching band. I was doing the marching band yeah. in in Livingston. Um, I was consulting for another group. Just don't tell. Um, and I, and you know, I, I, I had a, I had a lot on my, on my plate, and that was um, January of twenty, or no, December of twenty nineteen. And we all know what happened in January, February, and March, right? So, um, uh, my husband and I had more time at home together mm -hmm. to plan for the birth of our child. I think than any couple in history. I mean, we were both home teaching from home taking long walks every day, talking about, you know, my son coming into the world and how we were going to manage it and how we were going to still, you know, try and play and try and be musicians and try and be good teachers to the, our, serve our students um, when we had this this other yeah. thing coming into the world that we just could not conceive of. Right? I just I mean, birthed it. Well, I birthed the, yeah. the child. My wife had birthed the right. child. Right? <laughs> On January 19th, 2019 right before everything yeah, right. you know, shut down. So yeah. we had like a newborn at right. that time too. Yeah. And like you had a lot of time to plan. We right. had like time with our newborn. With your newborn. I mean, I hate to say, cause I know like the pandemic was so like, it was a catastrophe. Oh no, it was a time of my life. I mean, I was home, I was pregnant. Oh no, no. <laughs> I didn't have to No, but I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was truly terrible. <laughs> so, like, yeah, but um, you know, it just yeah. happened that at those times. Um, and so did you find that like, I'm sorry, I feel like we're on the podcast. I know, me too. So Jen, tell me about it. No, uh, did, you, did you feel like, um, like that kind of changed your perspective about stuff? So uh, it did. And you know, I, I, um, I really don't want to, you know, take the whole, um, the whole shutdown lightly because it was, it was really significant. But, um, you know, we really thought we would be prepared and we thought we'd know how we, we would feel when we both ended up going back to school. And um, we, you know, we made a plan to put our son in daycare at a certain time and we made a plan to do this and that. And, um, and the pandemic shifted you know, a lot of, a lot of that for us. Um, a lot of the things that I was doing before were just so time consuming and so not uh, lucrative. New Jersey Wind Symphony doesn't pay. It's such a great group to be a part of and they do so many great things and playing new music. I mean, how many community groups out there are playing like yeah. the new, new music? Like that's so cool. And um, uh, NJSMA was great. I was so happy to be serving those top students in North Jersey um, by being part of that organization, but like um, also unpaid, you know? And then, um, and I was, you know, playing a couple other things and it was just like a lot of the things that I was doing were just not necessarily serving the greater good of the, of the family anymore. So it was right. like, okay, so I'll drop, I'll drop those things. I'll spend a lot of time at home with the baby and that'll be so amazing. And, um, and I'll go back to work and, and eventually after, you know, um, maternity leave. So, 
Um, and it was like, we thought that was gonna work. Because we talked, we had this big conversation. Like, what's the one thing you need? What's the one thing you want to keep doing after the baby comes? And for me, I was like, I need to get back on my bike. I yeah. need cycling. I need to exercise. I need to be healthy. I need to I need to move, you know? And for my husband, um, he's a tenor sax player. He plays in half a dozen wedding bands and, you know, combos and this and that. And he, he's, he's bringing gig money. And his one thing he wanted to do was continue to play. Like take gigs, play out, um, and that's that's great. I was like, okay, I go to bed anyway, whatever, you go, <laughs> you know? Um, and we thought that could work, we really did. We really, with our whole hearts, thought that we could work. We did that for a year, and I was like, I I lost my mind. I was like, okay, I thought I wanted to be home, but I can't, I just can't do it. So, um, I, I bartend and have adult conversations because I teach, you know, fourth and fifth grade. Um, uh, you know, uh, I ha and, and I do that one night a week. Uh, I take a musical when it comes around, um, but I'm, I'm not I'm not really doing those other organizations that serve the 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 music community right now. But it was the it was the kind of thing where um, I I had a hard time not being social and not being out and not playing and all of a sudden that adjustment didn't work so uh we talked about it we you know we did a little like aaa of the whole situation and we we said okay what can we do to get you out of the house and it really it really helped um did it affect how i felt at my job totally because i all of a sudden when i when we brought home a uh, baby it was like i've been taking all of this on for everybody else's kids for 13, you know, 14 years, and now I really want to take care of my kid, and I'm getting pulled in all these directions, and these parents are asking me for all of this stuff, and I, I just don't have it right now. I don't have it for, for these students in front of me, and that was really, really hard. So, like, we, we figured out that fixing the stuff for me at home, making me feel a little more whole at home, helped me be a better teacher in the classroom. I'm because so glad you I, brought that up. Okay. Yes, I because, totally agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and um, and I am so lucky that I have a partner that is like, uh, like open to talking about that mm -hmm. and open to saying like, okay, Thursday nights, yeah, like um, I'll 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 say no to some stuff on Thursday nights so you can go, you can go, you know, do get out of the house and make a little money and do what you need to do and um, like yeah, that's 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 a that's a really you know, it's a it's an important thing that open conversation. Com Communication and compromise, and you know, yeah. I think um, you know, taking a step back, there's a there's a, a, a phrase. It's like you know, we're like naturally giving people, right? Because we all want to be teachers. Like we want to get out there and we want to help people and we want to impart our love of music to um, you know the kids and stuff. I mean, that's so noble. Um, but there's this phrase that somebody once taught me because he was learning the same thing. Um, he, he was a teacher who moved out to Arizona um, that I taught with, but he said, it's always, I have to, he had to remember, and I had to remember, I have to remember, you first after me. When you take care of yourself and your own mental health and your own, um, you know, uh, just being as a person, you become a better teacher. And I think that's really important to remember, and that's something that took me like, I don't know, 20 years, and I'm teaching 21. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Maybe 20 years to figure out. I don't know. I'm still not great at it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really important. I feel the same way you do. I feel like taking a step back from stuff made me a better teacher mm -hmm. for the students who are in my class. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, getting in a better headspace. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, really, really helps. Those, like, little, those little moments that you can kind of bring yourself back, center yourself, and be like, 
I, I know, I know your viola has two broken strings. I know that's really a big deal for, for us right now, but I can fix it and I can, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, it, it helps you kind of stay, stay centered, so. Now, you know, Bab, looking back it up at our, at our little, um, at our outline here, um, before we go on to some other stuff, do you guys have any questions or anything that, that we talked about that may have sparked something for you? Any questions, stuff? I mean, we can keep going and talking, uh, but uh, we're good at that. Um, but uh, any any questions, comments? We'll take some. We'll take questions at the end too. I was just wondering, like, when you gave yourself that extra time, how did you avoid feeling guilty for giving yourself that grace? I didn't. <laughs> I felt guilty. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think over time, I, I don't know, I'll do my thing. Yeah, you go first. Um, that's a great question. And I did feel a little guilty at first because like like we said, you know, we all want to help people. And if you're stopping helping people to like focus on something personal, it can feel like selfish, right? I mean, that's how I felt. Yeah. Um, but you know, the world goes on. Like things kept going. There was somebody else who came and now teaches the jazz band when I left the jazz band. You know, I have colleagues who, amazing colleagues who I've recommended, you know, students to who have come my way. I didn't ever tell, tell like my private students, I'm just not teaching you anymore. Right. It was um, like, as they graduated or stopped taking, taking lessons, I just didn't take any more on. Right. Uh, but I was happy to get, you know, people over to colleagues of mine that I knew were great players. Um, you know, I, I think, and we're going to touch on this in a minute, but I think sometimes it's a question of like when we're teaching, what is passion and what's ego? Um, and I think, you know, I stopped feeling so guilty when I realized that it wasn't about me. <laughs> like, like, they were going to be fine, whether I was teaching them or not. Yeah. Um, they were going to have somebody to teach them. Yeah. Um, I had, I had yeah. a really, uh, it's my, Tom's, uh, the person he student taught with, my husband, um, he said, the students are going to need you wherever you are. Mm -hmm. this, they're going to need you wherever you go. So just go if it works for you just go because they're going to need you just as much as where you are you know right now um i think i, I think he's right you know um, i do yeah my students in livingston need me in a very different way than uh, my students in Ringwood did but they both need my you know talents and expertise and mind and heart like they all need that so yeah I think also to answer part of the question, I think I felt less guilty when I realized that I felt like a better teacher during the day yeah. because of it. I knew that my the major part of my job, like I felt like I was doing a better job with it. Yeah. Um, I still don't think I'm great at it, but I think I felt more at ease and less angry, um, or, or just, I don't even, angry is the wrong word. I don't really get angry. Did I get angry a lot? Not seriously. Not seriously angry, okay. Um, just stressed. And I think when you're stressed, I don't know if you can do your best work. Uh, as a I know I can't personally. Uh, I uh, should I just tell my story about the last 24 hours? Last, yesterday was my son's third birthday. I said that already. Um, Thursday night is my night to work at the bar. Um, back to school night is I have, I'm in two schools. Each of them are on Thursday nights this year. Um, so I had to make a choice last night between working at the bar, my son's third birthday, and back to school night at the the school that I have about 100. Um, and uh, um, so, in the last 24 hours, uh, I taught my first full day of orchestra for the year yesterday. Um, I have about 80 in the orchestra, and maybe maybe a little less, maybe 60. 
Um, but I but I taught my first first full day of orchestra. It was a mostly good day, and my contractual time is 3:06. So um, at 3:06, I am about to close my computer, and boom, an email from a parent comes up. There seems to be some confusion. Here's my phone number. Please call. And I was like, it's 3:06. It's my son's birthday. I really need to leave so I can like get birthday together. And I'm looking at it like, can this wait until the morning? Like for me, it can definitely wait till the morning. Like I, I, I don't know what this person is gonna tell me. It's probably gonna, you know, make me very upset because I care about my students. And um, I said, and then I had to tell myself, it is 3:06. You need to just close your computer and call her in the morning. So I did that. Now we already did the big like backyard Elmo birthday um, for my son. Oh, you're on so the Elmo birthday. We're on the Elmo birthday. So what we ended up doing last night was uh, we had like a little third birthday at the bar for him, which sounds completely inappropriate. But <laughs> <laughs> I brought ice cream. I brought balloons. I brought you know we he ordered a burger from you know with cheese and you know like oh it was he loved it. Grandma and Grandpa came and sat, you know, and had dinner with him. Um, all the regulars sang happy birthday very enthusiastically. Um, and, and he had a great, he had a great night. Um, and two weeks from now, this school that I only have, only have like about 100 students at, I'm going to go to that back to school night. Um, so, um, and I'm going to take a night off the bar to do that because, you know, I need to do that. So. Um, it was one of those nights, and then here I am this morning. Um, I, woke, I, I, I was up at five, walked the dog, you know, and everything. I dropped my son off at daycare, and um, my first percussion lesson this morning was like 7.50. It's 7.15, I'm like barely gonna make it, you know. I've got a donut in one hand, I'm driving down 280 with the other, and I'm talking to my husband, like, what am I gonna teach this first like percussion lesson today? They're my second year kids, and half of them, figured out how to read at the end of the year and the other half were just going boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what am I gonna do with this class? And I, like, I'm holding a donut, driving with one hand and talking to my husband. And he's like, I was gonna ask you the same thing. We've got, you know, and not everybody has a partner that also has the same job. Um, but he was like, he was like, you better tell this story today. I'm like, I will. Um, so, um, and then, you know, my percussion class happened and my whole day of lessons today and here we are. And I, you know, I ran home and walked the dog and like didn't, um, you know, brush my hair, and I like didn't eat, and you know, we got to Eric's house, and he was in his like polo and jeans, and he's like, "Look at us, we're doing work life, trying to make yeah. it all happen." Like, I, I know, just got man. home about two minutes before Jen <laughs> before pulls up. I, pull in. My, I have to wait for my daughter. Switch cars with my wife. My my wife is late getting back from yeah. from work. Uh, you know, I'm not. I haven't even changed yet. Yeah, I know. And then you know, so then you know, I'm on the phone with with Tom out standing outside of Eric's house, like. He's like, what are we going to eat? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> you know? then, you know, all of a sudden it's like, it's like three o'clock and I, you know, we knew there'd be traffic. And, well, um, TJ now has had the, the, the experience of having Cheetos and everything. He has. You know, so, then, so this, is where, this is where the guilt comes in, right? So um, I called that parent this morning and I got their voicemail. And then I said, okay, I'll, 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 I'll try and get back to you later in the day. Um, snowball of things happened of course throughout the day and all of a sudden I didn't get a chance to to call that parent back so I had to send an email so sorry I didn't get to call you again um, you know please listen to my voicemail if you have any any like feedback for me let me know um, and then um, still still nothing from her not that I have checked four times 
Um, and then, um, you know, the guilt that uh, at my son's wedding, they're going to be talking about how he spent his third birthday at a bar, like at his wedding toast, you know, I'm like, <laughs> that's what's going to happen, you know. And then, so there's, there's guilt there. Um, and then there's guilt that there's not enough like there wasn't like dinner ready for them to eat because I was the one going out tonight. So I would have liked to have, you know, but I, we did the birthday thing last night and I planned all that. The guilt is definitely there because I, you know, who knows, they might be eating Cheetos right now. Um, that's on me. So, um, but, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, we're, we're lighthearted about it. And I'm, I, it's really important for me to me to come and talk to you today. You know, like that's, and it's really important to my husband because he understands where you are. So, so we're here. Um, but the guilt thing is real, mm-hmm. and it, and it, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, like we said, um, uh, acknowledge it, accept it, you know, and, and move forward. So, um, I think one of the other things that we had on here, and I, I don't, you know, it's back back to the whole conversation that we were having about like what's you know what's ego and what's you know what's passion. Um, and uh, and I know one of the things like it took me a while to sort of figure this out, and I think it's really important to know this as you're going into you know teaching is that trying to figure out is it what are you doing something because it truly makes you happy and like you feel like fulfilled doing it, whether it's you know teaching uh, you know uh, you know string lessons or whether it's teaching general music or whether it's teaching uh, you know an after school chorus or whatever. Um, or like, or are you doing that extra thing because it's about like bragging rights? And I know, especially like competitive marching band directors can really get into this. And you know, the marching band is not, you know, competitive because necessarily they want to be competitive, but because their director is really competitive. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that can lead to some burnout and you know, and to some lopsided balance um, between it. So I think that's a really important thing. So every once in a while, just kind of take a, a step back and, and check. What all that you're doing is it about you know saying well I play with this prestigious group um, or is it about because I love playing with this prestigious group and I can't imagine that right you know? right no I, I I I get that and for me it was like I was having um, if you listen to the podcast you know I have uh, I have MS I've had it since uh, my first year of teaching is when I got got diagnosed um, and uh, I. I uh, got the offer to work with one of those really high-powered top marching bands, and I was so excited, and I was going to be their color guard director and designer and this and that, and I ended up relapsing that summer, like, pretty hard. Um, and uh, I was, like, numb from, you know, the waist down, trying to teach color guard. Um, I convinced my neurologist to give me, like, a, a like a port so that I can I could take a gram of steroids and um, just infuse it. So I'm sitting there on the marching band field. Um, any Dr. Kubu fans like that? The orb that the um, the ood has. Maybe? I don't. No. Okay. No, um, no, no, no. And that's what it looked like. It was like an uh, an orb, and I had a I had of of steroids, right? And I'm I'm like hollering at, at the, these girls, like from the sideline, like getting an infusion of steroids. And that was one of those moments. It was like, okay, how is this the best thing for me? You know, how how is this the best thing? And I, and I was like, okay. Like, am I doing this because I really love the art of color guard after 20 years of teaching color guard, or am I doing this because um, I still want that championship group? I still want that, you know, that extra thing. Um, and that was my last year of, of 
teaching a very competitive golf cart. Um, and it was like, it was one of those things that like, I, um, that was like a, one of those moments. You kind of need, need those moments sometimes to just uh, snap you back. <laughs> the things Jen's really good at. I've seen her do it for a couple years. And not with a competitive marching band. Right. Um, or particularly I wouldn't but, call them these super competitive. No, it's big. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but but I've I've watched you do it, and you're great at it. But like, I, I think you pro I don't know. Did you get more out of doing it with like you know working with a, a guard that was like not super competitive, but like really appreciative? I I really and, did like working with all the groups I worked with because yeah. like um, my Tom would joke like he's like he's like oh they just started a color guard in this town are you gonna go go teach them because I it was like a couple years in a row I would like start a color guard and then leave and then they would be off you know to fly and do their do their own thing and, um, and uh, it was like that for for a couple of years and then I finally you know started teaching like one of those really competitive guards locally and I was like I was really excited I was like I don't know man maybe I should just <laughs> you know, um, but I like the artistry of it, so I was into that, and I, you know, like still here, like I'm, you know, daydreaming uh, about what show I want to put together. I was, you know, and um, I don't know, so I did, I did really enjoy that, but you know, then you look at the time and the time away from yeah. family and the, oh gosh, the pennies per hour. It's, you know. But do it when you're young. I don't know. I feel like if you love it and yeah. like you know, there's not a lot of other stuff going on. Like it's definitely this. So, this is like our colleague always says. Uh, multiple colleagues at, yeah. at the high school always say, "Oh, it's a young person's game." Well, when they're talking about marching band, so, <laughs> you know, competitive stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we know we're like coming up to the end of. I the know. Hour. I know. So but we have just a couple more things that yeah. I think are really like doable, actionable items. Yes. So, um, so like you what what reminded me of this when you said it's a, a young person's game. Because I've had a couple in the, in the past years, a couple pre-service teachers and a couple people that are just out there um, say, have this exact question for me. How do you, you know, what do you do outside? How do you make it happen? I'm drowning, right? I, like, I don't know how I'm ever gonna be able to do it. Um, and if you can really, really, I do believe that if you can really, really dig in those first like three years, um, and I know it sounds so cliche to be like, oh, just, you know, to, like, get in there and make it happen and do it. But it's not just about that. It's not just about, like, selling your soul to have a good program. Um, it's really about systematizing things for the job you're in. Okay, so that's not, I'm not saying that uh, you must do best practice for every little element of your program. I'm saying systematize things for where you are. So when I started in Ringwood, uh, we had two bands in two separate schools that played their concerts together. Like, like they were supposed to be one ensemble on the stage, but they were in two different schools. So this, the students would get bused to the other school to rehearse for like 40 minutes, and then all everybody bused home, right? And then, and I was like, why are we doing this? Like, I don't want my first and second year players on the um, on the same stage in the same, you know program and, and everything. I want the middle schoolers to be with the middle schoolers and the ele elementary uh, students we doing an elementary concert. Like, this is crazy. So um, we got rid of the whole busing for rehearsal thing, and we rehearsed in our own schools, and we did our own programs, and we did our own concerts. And for me, that was a lot more comfortable than having, like, you know, 85th graders get on a bus just every week to do band practice and then set up pickups with their parents and set up, you know, all that stuff. So the um, the whole like systematizing it for where you are 
and where you land really is is important. Um, but it took some time up front. It, it sounds like oh, it totally took a did. lot of time to get it yeah. where you wanted it. Right. But then it was repeatable year after year. Totally. You know, and you end up having the same permission slips and the same you know rehearsal timing with your concerts, and you can really uh, you can plan your year better. So that uh, if your brother says, I'm going to get married in the second week of September, I'm like, isn't your wife a teacher? It sounds like a very specific. I'm just saying. His fiance was like a, was a, te was a teacher. Oh, anyway, I was like, why? Oh, yes, my wife is a teacher yeah. before we got married. Yeah, so. right. So, I, yeah, I, I was like, why? Why are, why are you guys getting married in September? I'm going to lose the first like two rehearsals for my band. But she's not a band teacher. So, um, so losing a Thursday and Friday in September, not a big deal, right? So, um, uh, but at that point, you know, I was uh, six or seven years into teaching, and I was like, all right, so if I lose those two rehearsals, what's my band going to look like in mid-October? That's not such a big deal. I can figure it out. I can plan. I know what they're going to sound like at the end of September, and I can have a better, you know, I like I, you kind of start to know what, what the kids are going to do. Because you've already done it. Because you've already done it. So, like, yes, those first couple years feel frantic. It feels like you, you don't, um, you don't, like, know yourself anymore because you're so in it, and you're thinking about that, your program all the time, and you're thinking about your students all the time. But really what you're doing is, like, Making it easier on yourself for later, right? So, um, and, yeah, yeah, go, go. I'm sorry. My, my big notes, okay, my big takeaway is that, like while you're doing that, take notes, write everything down that you do because then you don't have to worry about remembering a year later what did I do. Um, again, sorry, we keep talking about the podcast. We're really not plugging the podcast, but we like this is the stuff we talk about. It is what we talk about. Um, yeah. Like, I have a yearly to do list, I think, of 172 items right now. And they're like, it's the, only the stuff that happens every year. But like, I know when I go in in September, I've got my, what, 37 did I say? 37. 37 for September. And that's just like, go and reserve the buses for Dorney Park in June. Go and do this, go and do that. And that's only because I'd written it down right. when I started at Livingston and I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, the year coming, the next year coming. It was a pain in the ass the first year. Mm -hmm. But then the second year, it was all like there. Right. Um, so that's a takeaway for me. Yeah. I think the last thing that I thought about. Oh, yeah. Um, the last thing just that, that's, uh, that I've learned is that um, do you, does anybody here garden or like, stuff okay nice um, if you don't that's okay one thing that you know when you garden what do you plant around the outside of your garden uh, it's kind of like part of your plants but you plant you plant marigolds marigolds keep away like a lot of pests and they look really pretty too they're like yellow and orange and they're, they're pretty flowers um, but it's really important um, that when and I read I wish I could I wish I could tell you I came up with this um, but it was an article that I read and it stuck with me. Um, but surround yourself with your marigolds. When you get out and you teach, find the people in your, in your school, in your district that you know are gonna build you up and kind of like protect you from all the other stuff. There's a, like, there can be a lot of negativity um, in school and that's one of those things that kind of gets you, you know, can get you ground down and maybe feel like unbalanced between you know, home and life and uh, work and life and all that. But find your marigolds and make sure that you keep them well fed. Uh, it's really important to keep those relationships going, and and I think that is a huge part of keeping that balance. Yeah. And that when stuff starts to feel unbalanced, you have your colleagues' miracles that you can sort of lean on. Yeah. I know Jen's miracle. Oh, same. Yeah. 
Um, so, and uh, I'm sure you're starting to find those people now within your cohort and within your, you know, within your department. And uh, like, hang on to those people too, um, because you know, you never know um, when your clarinets are going to need a sectional, and you're just like, I can't do it tonight. Like, and you want to bring a friend over, you know? Like, you just you gotta you gotta hang on to those connections as you as you move. Forward, it may it may not be a music teacher either. At my previous job, my, I'm very lucky now. My music colleagues are very much that. But at my previous job, I liked my music colleagues. We got along, but they were very negative. Um, and so, like my marigolds were like the PE teacher and the home ec teacher, and um, you know a couple other like a, a social studies teacher. We all had lunch together, and like that was definitely the like the positive. That's good. Yeah. Well, everybody, please give a wonderful round. Thank you for having us, really, thanks. Well, thanks so much to CJ and the TCNJ NAFME chapter for having Jen and me out to talk about our work and our lives and how we hopefully try to balance them. We really appreciate the opportunity and hope that you listeners got something out of our little lecture here. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, go and subscribe and get new episodes every month. You can rate and review us five stars and tell others about us. Word of mouth is a great way to get the word out that you are an, uh, a great fan of Take a Cue. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have any ideas for episodes in the future, please feel free to get in touch. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And I think for us, that's about it. We'll see you on our next episode.